It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, August 6th. I'm Donald Ware. Going to take you south to Tallahassee to take a look at the Florida A&M Rattlers and Willie Simmons, the second-year head coach at FAMU, going to be part of today's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. When you look at Florida A&M and what it did in 2018, and I said that I thought that this would be a Florida A&M team that would surprise a lot of people. You had Willie Simmons coming in as his in his first season as the head coach. You had a a, a, a premier quarterback in the MEAC and Ryan Stanley, and both of those things came together and uh, meshed pretty solidly, at least early on. Obviously, there were some troubles after. Uh, Florida A&M defeated A&T when they controlled their own destiny towards a MEAC championship and just uh, could not get it done, ultimately losing a couple of games after the victory over A&T, including the last game of the season in the Florida Classic to Bethune-Cookman. Um, and I thought at times that uh, Coach Simmons wasn't necessarily totally happy uh, with Ryan Stanley and his play throughout the course of the season. And that's not to just point Stanley out. I think, you know, there were some things that he he believes that he could have done better, that the team could have done better uh, to be able to get that uh, that championship for Florida A&M, which would have been their first uh, since either the 2008 or 2009 season. It was when Joe Taylor uh, was the head football coach there uh, in Tallahassee. Nonetheless, when you look at the Rattlers, I mean, a, a just a plethora of talent coming back. Ryan Stanley comes back for his senior year. I think he's going to be a lot better. I think one of the things that we saw from Ryan Stanley in 2018 that he became uh, less of a runner and more of a passer. If you go back to Ryan Stanley and his sophomore year, I mean, he ran the football a lot and was very successful in terms of running the football. But if you look at uh, what he was able to do in 2019, as a matter of fact, um, he, he didn't run at all. He ran for negative 60 net yards in 2018. So that certainly was a change. But when you look at the receiving core, Xavier Smith is back. Chad Hunter is back. Those were the two leading receivers for Florida A&M in 2018. Both of them are back. They had a good recruiting class, but I think where Florida A&M is going to be really good in 2008-19 is going to be on the defensive side of the football. They were able to get, meaning the Rattlers, into the backfield quite a bit in 2018. I think um, that is, I mean, you know, they're going to be able to sustain that. I mean, you talk about 69 tackles for loss in 2018. That's a lot of tackles for loss. A lot of the top defenders are coming back in 2019. Let's take a break. Come back as Willie Simmons, the head football coach of Florida A&M, going to be right here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast on the Box to Row Sports Network. It's Donald Ware, host of From the Press Box to Press Row. The biggest names are guests on Box to Row. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. Well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. And I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. Hey, this is Ronda Rousey. You know what this is. This is the one and only Eagle Double G. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey, man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and Sports, say hey, my favorite three topics. Hey, say what's happening, man? It's T.I. 
Cap G, man. Hello, this is Aretha Franklin, Queen of Soul. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. Just really, you know, excited. Missed any of these interviews? Then check us out online at www.botchtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com. Your HBCU sports leader. Willie Simmons, in his second season as the head football coach at Florida A&M, joins us here at the MEAC Media Day, the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. So, Coach Simmons, just just your thoughts on 2018. Um, I mean, I, I would say a relatively successful – I know you all had it and all that, but a relatively successful season. Uh, when you look look back at it you know, as a whole, um, I, I was pleased with our first year. You know, like I said, obviously, um, whenever you're that close to winning a championship, that's really what sticks out on most people's mind. Uh, but when you look at what these guys accomplished over an 11-game season with the adversity that they face, having to play, weather the worst storm to hit that area of the United States in history and go out and play the, the, the team that ultimately won the, the, the conference championship and beat them on the road um, to, to persevere the way they did in various situations, um, I, I was pleased with that group. And uh, so looking forward to this coming season, uh, a lot of momentum to build off of. But when I look back at 2018, uh, I, I, was, I was pleased with what we were able to accomplish as a team, as a whole. What uh, what sort of happened after the a and It was a big, it was like a huge, I mean, a huge, can't overstate how big the win was. So what sort of happened after that point? Well, the, you know, when we look back uh, collectively as a coaching staff, uh, we, we felt that there were some things that kind of started to happen at, as a result of that. Um, our mindset going into the season was to build a culture, to build a program, and we knew that that was one day at a time. You know, don't look at the end goal in sight. Look at what's right there in front of our face. How do we approach every single day? We didn't talk about championship. The word never even came around the building. And all of a sudden, you win against A&T. Then you win the next week against Morgan. You look up, you're 5-0. and One game away from controlling on destiny. Then that word championship just start coming around everywhere. Everywhere they went, they heard about championship. So I think we lost our focus on what our mantra was as a football team, which is, what do we do every single day to prepare ourselves to be the best that we can be? And I think we got away from that. And then obviously, um, you know, throughout an 11-game season in a tough MEAC conference, you know, your body takes some wear and tear. And uh, we didn't have what we felt was the proper nutrition that we needed to sustain our bodies. And by the time we got to the Classic, we were pretty much banged up, you know, not season any injuries, ACLs and breaks, but a lot of soft tissue injuries. And there were times we looked out at the game in the Florida Classic where we had true freshmen on the field in key critical situations as opposed to the guys that had been playing the entire season. So, you know, we, we focused on that this offseason, really upgrading our nutritional program, and I think that'll help us sustain the level of success throughout the year that we experienced through the middle of the season. I want to I talk a little bit about Ryan Stanley because I felt like some at some points during the season you weren't necessarily 
uh, enamored, for lack of a better word, with his play at times. The numbers may indicate that with 17 touchdowns and a high of 12 interceptions when you look at his 2017 season. So is that a fair assessment, and what are your expectations for him in 2019? Well, I have extremely high expectations for Ryan, but he has extremely high expectations for himself. And that's why um, I can coach him hard. That's why he can take the criticism that comes his way. He understands the nature of being a quarterback at Florida A&M. You know, it's a program that's had a long, rich history of great quarterbacks. And he's chasing down one of our greats, Quinn Gray, for the all-time passing record. So um, he understands the level of play that's expected of him as a leader of this program. And, you know, I think he'll be in a position this year where he'll make smarter decisions with the ball. He understands the offense a little bit better now. He trusts the guys around him a lot better now to know that we do have talent around him at every skill position. And as a quarterback, that's a luxury. Whereas in the past, I think he felt he had to win the game himself. Now he feels more comfortable delegating and, and just driving the car, so to speak, and allowing the guys around him to, to be the playmakers. And did you see that some of that progression in the spring? I did. I did. I, I was really impressed with, the, with, with his growth and development, um, especially as a leader. You know, again, being a guy that's, that's really taken that role as the unquestioned leader of the team um, that the guys are going to look to in tough times, that the guys are going to look to off the field to see if this is a good decision to make or not, you know, as far as their off the field antics, so to speak. And so I, that was what I was most impressed with. He knows offense at this point. He can teach the offense to the younger guys if I'm not in the room. Uh, he, he values watching film and all the intangible things that make a great quarterback. So I'd be shocked if he didn't have a, just a lights-out season this year if we can protect him and he can stay healthy. Um, but, but, again, I think from a skill set standpoint, mindset, that he's ready to have the type of season that we've all come to um, expect from a guy with Ryan's ability. Man, you had some really good receivers last year. I think some that probably didn't get the credit that they, in fact, deserve. I seen, saw you guys play in person. So speed, I mean, there's a lot of speed. So talk about that. Did, did you lose anybody? Uh, what does that receiver core look like? It's fully intact. You know, our, our top four pass catchers are all returning. I'm very excited about that. And uh, obviously, you know, the Rack Boys, uh, back in the, in the late 90s, or early 2000s, you know, made FAMU famous for, for the passing game. And I think these guys are really trying to bring it back, kind of the Rack Boys 2.0. And so, you know, you look at Chad Hunter, uh, Marcus Williams, uh, Xavier Smith, uh, Zende Ray, um, a plethora of speed, athleticism, playmaking ability, and guys that just have a knack for, for, for finding the end zone. And so Ryan has a great um, asset to, to be able to look out there and see a receiving core that can probably win against most competition that we're going to play this year. And so great, great um, Great, uh, I guess like it's a great asset to have for, from a quarterback perspective. But as a play caller, it makes me feel good knowing that you can look out there on the field at any given time and know that you have big-time playmakers at your disposal. All right, who are some of the key guys on defense this year? Uh, you know, Elijah Richardson's a guy that jumps out immediately. You know, he's a guy that we brought here for media day, um, starting linebacker. Per game, led the conference in tackles um, last season. You know, missed a few games because of precautionary measures with coming off an ACL injury. But, again, he's the unquestioned leader of the defense. Uh, Terry Jefferson's a four-year starter for us. The guy that's played a ton of football, um, you know, nickelback, and it just really sets the entire defense. Uh, Demontre Moore up front, you know, is a guy that I expect a, a huge year from. And, um, and then we have some young guys. Herman Jackson, who started every game for us as a true freshman cornerback last year. So, you know, we have eight starters back on that side of the ball. So really uh, and listen, looking forward to seeing how they progress this year because I do think they have a chance to be the best unit in the league. Last two thoughts. Any, any guys from your rec- another good recruiting class, solid recruiting class, any guys from that class, w- whether it's, tr- uh, you know, true freshman, 
transfers, et cetera, that can come in and help you right away, or you expect to come in and help you right away? Well, uh, you know, I think we did a really good job of going out and fulfilling some needs. But you know, Marquise Bell's a guy that jumps out, um, um, former unarmed All-American, um, came in this spring, and, and everything that we thought and more. You know, So, again, I, I really expect them to have a huge year uh, in the back end of the secondary. Um, Jalen Spady is a, is a junior college offensive lineman that we signed. Um, his dad, James Spady, actually coaches on the staff. Um, but Jalen's a former three-star kid, um, expecting a lot of great things from him coming in from Glendale College. And, and, and then, you know, uh, even the quarterback, you know, Cameron Sapp, uh, a guy that we were able to pull from Alcorn State at the last minute that was committed to them for a long time out of Jacksonville, Florida. I think he's a guy that's going to come in and really push Ryan and the other guys in that quarterback room. But, you know, all in all, I thought we did a really good job of signing guys that continue to enhance our team speed, our team strength, and overall football like you and love for the game. And then lastly, what does it mean to be back home at a at us and and specifically not home Tallahassee area, but then specifically at the school that you had so much or have had have so much respect for, um, and at and it was committed to actually going to at one time. I mean, what what, what does that mean to you? Uh, it, it means everything. You know, again, I have to pinch myself most days when I think about it. You know, I'm the head football coach at the Florida and University, and um, you know, again, I, I follow a long line of legends. You know. From Jake Gaither to uh, you know, Ken Riley to Ruta Hubbard, Billy Joe, Joe Taylor, I mean, you name it, uh, it's a who's who of coaching in this profession. And, and for me to be named in the same breath as those guys, it's, it's a truly humbling feeling. And then to know that I represent the university that gave my mother and five of her brothers and sisters an opportunity to get a quality education. You know, my wife, a two-time graduate, our son, the rising junior now, and so many other close people, family members, friends, who this university has given uh, the ability to better themselves. It's just truly a humbling experience, and I'm honored. Um, it's a huge responsibility that I place on myself, and uh, that's why I roll my sleeves up every single day, You know, thank the Lord for the opportunity, and go to work to make sure that we can continue to strike, strike, and strike again to be the best that we can possibly be. Sounds good. Good luck, Coach. Thanks, Donald. Appreciate it. Again, I really believe that Florida A&M is going to be right there when you're talking about teams in the MEAC. And it's going to be a big showdown when North Carolina A&T has to travel to Tallahassee to take on the Rattlers. That's going to wrap it up for today's HBCU Football Daily Podcast. On tomorrow, we travel a little bit further south and take a look at the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats, head coached by Terry Sims in his fifth season. Talk with you tomorrow.